Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's hit it. And welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Right, here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I am your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm thrilled you are joining us after our Memorial Weekend, where we honored those who lost their lives to protect us. Um, For those of you that are new, our show is really about sound information, not just sound bites. We talk with real people in the trenches, making a difference from those diagnosed uh, to researchers and everyone in between, including those that care, both uh, family and professionals, as well as advocates. Um, And today we're going to be talking with some artists. And uh, we're going to have a fascinating conversation uh, with our guest who has uh, just launched a play that you can still participate in and get tickets to. But before I introduce Mary, I like to do a few shout outs. And the first one I want to shout out to is the Mark Arneson Band. I'm so grateful for them allowing us to use their song um, as our opening music. And you can download uh, Clarion Call on any of your favorite music platforms. Also, a big shout out to Dementia Map, which just keeps growing every day. It's a resource directory that is free for anyone to use, um, and no personal information has to be given in order to access that. There's over 150 different categories that you can search. There is a uh, calendar of events, which has lots of uh, great resources that you can attend and get information there, as well as a glossary of terms and a blog. So check that out. Or if you have a service product or tool, <clears throat> uh, feel free to join. There's a free plan as well as enhanced. Uh, for those of you looking for support, um, Arthur's Memory Cafe continues to be virtual. We meet the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 1 o'clock Central, so that would be 2 o'clock Eastern, noon Mountain Time, and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Anyone is welcome to join. That is for people living with dementia, typically early to mid-stage, along with their care partners. And then if you're in Minnesota, I do a collaboration with uh, Brookdale North Oaks, a Caregiver Connect program that is the last Wednesday of each month from 11 to 10 a.m. Central at the Shoreview Community Center. And um, they also have respite at that time 
for people living with dementia, again, uh, early to mid stages on that. And then coming up, August 15th through the 18th, is the Memory Camp at Moon Beach in Wisconsin. So if you are interested in that, please uh, call 715-479-8255. And then, of course, I still like to mention that Mod Ventures is out there. They're giving seed money, fifty dollars to $100,000 away for three different categories. Uh, so check them out at modsventures.org. We are going to hear right now from the Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner as they talk about the foot bar walker, and we'll be right back to introduce you with Mary and get started with our True Talk Radio. I love the foot bar walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the footbar walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. If you haven't visited the Adaptive Equipment Caregiver Corner, please do so. They have all kinds of great videos um, and things that will surprise you that can really help you throughout your day, not just dementia-related either. If you if you uh, broke a hip or had a knee, knee replaced, all of those fun things are in there as well. Um, so let's talk today about who we have back with us. First of all, I adore this woman. She is my co-facilitator of our arts and dementia educational uh, panel that we do on a quarterly basis. Mary Crescenzo is the author of Planet Alzheimer's Guide, Eight Ways That Art Can Transform the Life of Your Loved One and Your Own. She is a public speaker and an advocate for the arts. Um, and engagement with people with Alzheimer's and various types of dementia. She also is a playwright of Planet A, and this is a play about the inner world of Alzheimer's. Um, Miri is also an Alz Authors member, and uh, she is just a sweetheart and a half. So I am just really thrilled to have you back with us, and I can't wait for our audience to learn more about your play, Mary. So welcome to the show. Mary, are you there? Hello, Mary. Well, this is interesting. I'm not quite sure what happened because we had her on the phone before. So Mary, if you wanna go ahead and call back into the show, I'm not quite sure how we lost her, but it looks like I'm going to just go ahead and disconnect her to know that we for sure have lost her. Um, 
Well, we just had a new moon. New moons and full moons do all kinds of funny stuff with my technology. So maybe this is the day where that is going to happen again. My, I can see my studio. Everything is clicking along. And um, we will try to get Mary back on the line again here and see what happens. So bear with me as this probably does a little click, click, click. Hi, this is Mary and Paul. Leave a message. We'll get back to you right away. At the tone, please record your message. (laughs) When you have finished recording, simply hang up or press pound for further options. Hi, Mary. It's Lori. Oh, I see you called in on another line here. Mary, you there? Well, we got disconnected. Yeah, I was saying hello, and it wasn't going anywhere. So I just, and then I, I booted you out so that you would know that you weren't connecting. I, right. I don't know what happened. It showed that you were there, but uh, I apologize you, on that. That's we're okay. Connected. Do you want to? No, we're connected now, so we'll just keep going. Okay, great. Um, great. So Thank I, you. I, it's, yeah, I had just introduced you and said how excited I was to have you there, and I pulled you in, and it was like, Mary, are you there? Hello? Hello? Technology. I heard that busy signal. Oh, technology. I'm, I'm well. Good, good. Well, I'm going to have you first uh, tell people, because I always ask this question, even though we've had you on the show before, we always get new listeners, and that question is, have you been personally touched by dementia in your own family or circle of friends? I have not been touched by my own family, um, but I I consider all the people I've worked with over the past 30 years who have been living, had lived and living with Alzheimer's or dementia as my friends and even my family. And and so in working with these people using arts engagement um, as a pioneer in this field, in a way, I, I I feel they're my family. So, but in terms of my own family, um, no. But I, when I got involved in this, um, I just said, "I need to. I need to do this. I need to find ways to communicate and connect with those with this disorder." Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much um, for sharing that with us. Why don't you tell us what's going on with your book and then the play this June, um, which is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. Okay, I'm happy to do that. Uh, Well, first of all, um, my book is called The Planet Alzheimer's Guide, Eight Ways the Arts Can Transform the Life of Your Loved One and Your Own. And it's a how-to book for personal and professional caregivers as to how to use music, painting, storytelling, movement, dance, poetry to make connections, alternative connections, with those loved ones who have dementia or Alzheimer's. And it's for families also to do this, uh, young and old. And um, it comes from my experience of working with persons with Alzheimer's and dementia using my techniques that I've developed to find a way to connect and communicate. And so stories can begin being told from reciting a poem or looking at photographs. Uh, they may not seem a story that you, you, you might think it's the direction is going, but there's communication and connection going on. Same thing with painting, um, singing, movement, dance. Uh, interaction, engagement creates social, a social connection um, and just a better quality of life, not just for the person living with Alzheimer's and dementia, but also for the caregiver themselves. 
So that's the book, um, and it's available on Amazon. And then um, parallel to this, I wrote my play called Planet A about the inner world of Alzheimer's. And it was um, it was kind of – the book was inspired from the play. The play had been out before and had been on a stage in New in New York and in other places. Um, and so I just felt that I need to share the voices of the persons that I worked with. I used my imagination in some ways to imagine what they might be thinking, but also the profound things that they said in the middle of something that did not, frankly, seem to make sense. I wanted to give these persons voices, their voices. And so through this creative source, it's a, a play of based on monologues in the voice of these people and also in the voice of the family members and staff members and caregivers, personal and professional, and things that they might not say if they, if they thought that the person knew what they were saying. But the whole point is let us talk about the dignity of persons with Alzheimer's and dementia and let's give them voice in this creative way. So... That's the play, and uh, now it is going to be on stage, uh, in a real stage, physical stage, uh, at the Topanga Library stage in Topanga, California, for local persons who um, want to come see it. We have the added uh, benefit of having someone from the Alzheimer's Association do a Q&A with us afterward, and then we're having a, a, a little reception after as well, and some door prizes too. But if you live around the world and you can't attend, then you can see it on uh, Broadway On Demand, and I'll give you the quickest way to get to tickets for all of this. And the tickets, by the way, are a fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association's uh, yearly event called The Longest Day. So um, that's another way that you can see it. And so the best way to get to all these ways of making your donation um, and getting a ticket is to go to my website. And um, I have to thank Dave from Dementia Map for helping me put this website together and make it happen as beautiful as it is. And he helped me to establish under marycrescenzo.com a banner that says play. And when you hit that, it offers the three different ways to get your tickets. The tickets are $25, but it is a fundraiser. And um, so you can go to Broadway On Demand and see it see it between the 21st and the 30th of June once you have a ticket as many times as you want and you can invite as many family members or who you want to sit and watch it on your on your on your digital device or your TV if you're local in LA it gives you the link to get tickets that way and if you just want to go directly to the Alzheimer's Association's page of the longest day my page of my fundraiser you can go there through the website also, and there's also a QR code there for that. And through that way, you can make your donation, and then I will get back to you with a code so you can see it. So it seems a little complicated, but it's really not. The website is the best direct way to find this. And um, I just hope that people will see um, see Alzheimer's in and dementia in a different way. You know, I, I, everyone, everyone 
knows someone who has this. It's in the back of our minds, but many people don't want to think about it. And I understand that, like cancer or AIDS, was this fear. But I think that my play will make you think again. It'll make you look at this circumstance in a way you've never expected. And so that's what's happening right now. And um, I'm so happy to be able to share this with you, Laurie, on your program. Thank you. Well, let's let's get back to kind of talking about what made you decide to to write the book. Usually, people there's a trigger, something just yes. happens. Is there a story behind that? And then we'll talk about yes. the play as well. Yes, there is. Um, in the mid '90s, I was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and an artist friend of mine, um, father, developed Alzheimer's, and so um, he thought, well, how can I communicate? His name was Mel Lee, and how can I communicate with my dad? There's no more connection. And he thought, what do I know? And he said, I know art. So he took paper and and a brush and paint and just started to paint and have his father sit there with him and very simply guide him, his hand, and then let go. It's never painting or, or singing for these people. It's letting them do it. And it started working. And he was so thrilled and excited about this that he went to the Arts Council, which he and I were members of as teaching artists. And we were sent to different places in the community to do arts with various persons, well, adults, children, uh, people with special needs, older adults. And they pre- he presented it to them. And they said, yeah, let's try this. And as a credit to the Alzheimer's Association, of chapter in Tulsa, they said, we'll help to sponsor this. And so um, I was trained. I was trained by him. And the, the, the biggest trigger was that I went to an exhibit that he had because he started doing it with other people as well. And it was art exhibit in a gallery of artwork, paintings by those with Alzheimer's and dementia. And I just was taken aback. I'm like, this is amazing. Look at the voices on these people. Look at their unique style. I know everyone has the creative spirit in them, so I need to be a part of this. And so that's when he trained me. And so I got involved, and then I expanded it to um, creative writing for caregivers to give them respite, relaxation, and revelation, and also expanded it to the music, the storytelling, the poetry, and the dance. And I always say to myself, what, see what happens. And it worked in various stages as well. But you know, Lori, there's one other thing I need to mention, and I'm just kind of smiling as I'm saying it. This really started when I got out of high school. I graduated with an art, art, art major, and I was ready to go off to college and needed a summer job. And I saw this ad for uh, teaching art, arts and crafts, at a nursing home. I could walk to it from my house. I always loved older adults, I guess because I had a great relationship with my grandfather, who I lost early in my life. And so, you know, so with that emotional connection, I applied, and I got the job. And now here I am, just out of high school, in a room with a bunch of older people. Some had dementia, but I don't even know if it was diagnosed as that. But I knew about art, and I started doing painting and singing, and I loved it. And so that was 1967. Jump to 1994 in between. I have 
a career of teaching and as a singer, which I still do, as an actor, etc., involved in all the arts professionally. And then it came up again through Mel and his dad. And I'm like, yeah, I can do this. So that is my, my crazy, wild story. Um, and I will never gr- regret a moment of it. Wonderful. So taking the, you know, the book and all that you've learned, you know, through your experiences and then making a play, that's another huge leap in time commitment there. Was there a trigger point for you with that as well? In terms of the play? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and, and the trigger point for the, that was the inception, but the trigger point was for the book, first of all, if I, if I may say, is I wanted to have everyday people who are caregivers, professional and personal, to be able to do what I did. I know that anyone can do this. I just have to say I can. And so the trigger for the book was, let me write this book so other people can go step by step and in between my stories and 40 photographs in there, that they can use art with their loved one. So that was the trigger for the book. I wanted the world to be able to do this because I can't be in all these places at once. And so... That was important for me. In terms of the play, when I did work backing up, when I did work with uh, these persons at care centers, I would come home crying in the car. I was so overwhelmed. I was so just taken by this. And I just got home and thought, what can I do to, to get my feelings out? So I started writing persona poems in the voices of each person and that made me feel better because I felt I could just just I could give them some some voice and little by little these poems evolved into this play as I mentioned I was an actor as well and I thought this is again something I need to share with others and so um, that was the trigger for that the very first time it went on stage in New York um, was on 44th Street on 9th Avenue in a in a festival and I called it the Alzheimer's monologues but a lot of people didn't want to come see it because of that and they're like oh no I don't no I don't that's nothing I want to see so I kind of changed the name after a while but everyone in that audience in that dark space at the end there were tears I could hear them sobbing and I thought I can't let people leave the theater like this and that's when I got the Alzheimer's Association involved to have a Q&A afterward because people had questions and they were there to answer them. So that's the trigger on for all of that and how those two major projects in my life came to be. Wow, what a gift to the world both of these are. Um, it's just, it's it's amazing. And I love how uh, you know, when we, we I had mentioned in your intro that you also um, co-facilitate the Dementia and the Arts group with me. And yes. you are so open to still learning. You know, you were like, yes. oh, I could, I could add that to the next edition. And thank you so much for sharing. Because this is, it's, it's such a wide expanse in terms of outcomes and possibilities. I mean, it really is endless. And so I, one of the things that I love about you is not only your your ability to share and do it in unique ways, but you're always intrigued on learning and um, in, and empowering others to do more. And that is um, that's a beautiful thing to witness 
and to be able to see and through your work, I think you teach others um, how to do that as well, how to kind of get out of of the, the grief and, you know, the loss that's pounded into our heads that, you know, this is how this disease is going to be. And you're Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, there's a lot of beauty to be had here. There's a lot to celebrate and there's a lot of um, still, still within um, every, every body, no matter how abled or not they are. um, They're still, they can still be creative and they can still succeed. We, you know, as care partners and, and those supporting them just have to allow a space for them to be able to do that and, and yes. develop that. And I think in a consistent fashion where it's ongoing, where it's not just a one-off thing. Um, that is so important. That is, yeah. if I may, that, that is so important. It's not a one-off thing. It's something, it's, it's developing this new relationship, this different relationship. And yeah, do it once a week, do it twice a week. You have so many other things to do that are practical, necessary. Give yourself a break too. And, and, and try these, these forms of arts engagement. And I must say, I so love being part of your show and co-hosting those panels with you. Because, as you say, I, I'm learning and I'm amazed at the various forms of art. And I just love talking with persons with Alzheimer's and dementia in, in what they do and what they know. Who knows better than they do, right? Exactly. And it's always so rewarding. And you're right. I'm like, next edition, I'm going to add that. I didn't think of that. So thank you for letting me be a part of that. Oh, yeah. Now, one of the things that you you have as a statement that goes with your your play, uh, Planet A, is, and I think it's really interesting, but I want you to explain it to our audience, how you kind of came up with this subtitle of Mind, Memory, and Unintentional Masquerade. Okay. Um, well, as I as I think about those that I've worked with, um, and I think about Alzheimer's and dementia, I know it is of the mind. I know that it has to do with memory. Memory sometimes sparked and regained, sometimes not there, sometimes lost. But the unintentional masquerade. It's as if it's as if there is a mask. This disease creates this mask, and not for the, their perception, but the perception of others, to see that this person is now someone else. And it's not intentional because it's the disease. But I want to I want to be able to remove that mask, and I might not see the person that um, I knew as a, if I was a care partner. It's difficult. It's difficult for someone who, who knows someone in a different, a different state of mind, a different frame of mind. But as a caregiver, a caregiver, care partner, I want to be able to have that mask removed. And so under there will be the essence of the person that has been in their pre if, so to speak, Alzheimer's life, but there will also be a new person, a person who will relate in a different way. And I find that the arts is the most accessible form because it's a common ground between us all. 
Um, it just, it's in the moment, it's uninhibited, and this is, has to do with a lot of how those with this uh, disorder live in the moment, uninhibitedly. Um, and so take that mask off and put it aside and say, Alzheimer's, I'm going to put you over here because now I'm going to deal with the person that I see in the present in front of me and work with them and engage with them. Because, you know, I've learned this for sure. Um, we only have the present, and we all know that, but we go around our busy lives. But when I was working with persons living with this disorder, they reminded me every day that this is all we have right now, you and I. So mm-hmm. let's make the best of it. Well, and what's interesting, too, is when you – I love that phrase, unintentional masquerade, because – a, a lot of times, and this comes out in our in our um, facilitation of our group, is they talk about trying to fit in. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, one gal actually, well, a couple of them did mass, and one did mass of this is what I project for you to see, but this is, and then they and they turn the mask around and show us the inside, and this is how I'm really feeling. And when you think about how much work that is to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, and yet we're projecting everything is lost, and they and they are still trying so hard to meet our our expectations of pulling them back in time to a place that they really can't be anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found that really, really profound in and of itself. Yes, and powerful too, and so mm-hmm. so powerful. Um, one of my other phrases has always been Alzheimer's is a dance they lead we follow Mm -hmm. yeah it works best if they lead and we follow and we trip up literally when we try to lead and make them follow us you know right uh, and sure exactly it's just it's be where they are at the moment and isn't that where we really need to be for ourselves and for those that we we encounter I've learned so much, so so much just from working in this space, in this world. Well, and haven't you found, too, that what's good for dementia is really good for all of your life? I mean, it's absolutely one life lesson after another. And I think that's one of the, the beautiful things is they show us we are much more alike than different. So stop pushing, stop ignoring, you know, the commonalities that we have and, and recognize and appreciate and love those and lift those things instead of instead of focusing on the differences because we're all different. None of us are, you know, a, a clone of another. And boy, would that right. be cool, you know, to begin <laughs> with. Um, and knowing, like you said, that all of them have lessons to teach us that are really, really powerful. Yeah. Yes. And they also it teaches it teaches me. And it, it, it teaches through the arts itself because this person could be nonverbal or mm-hmm. even if they are, they might not really be speaking in a way I understand. But I'll put music on and this is widely known at this point in time in 1994 and even in 67, like what? You know, what are you trying to do then? You know, but um, currently, as we as we know, 
that music will put shine a light. You'll see a spark of light in the person's eyes. They'll move to the music. They'll sing the song. Now we can talk about, oh, this is Sinatra or this is... And it's not for me to judge what that person opposite me is getting from what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. not for me to say, oh, they don't understand. They, they don't know what I'm saying. It's not for me to do that. And it's also not for me to try to figure out what is going on in their mind at that moment. The mm-hmm. disease is still a mystery in many ways. So, yeah, I want to be open to that. And when they paint, you can see that the artwork is so specific to them. It's what's called a voice in art. This is a stamp of their their life, their legacy. And they love it. They're smiling. Mm-hmm. They're talking to one another. Uh, it goes same thing for music, telling stories, reading a poem from their error. I remember when I, you know, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly of this, and I know that so many people are doing so many wonderful things um, in care homes, etc. But I walked in, and I saw people lined up in front of the television, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm here to engage, and I know that, fa- and so we did. And I, and I got some resistance, and others I got, like, awe. And so even for, I understand that family members, et cetera, they get to a point like, what do I say? What do we do in this time that we're sitting together? This is what you do. You find the creativity in yourself and in them. And it may not work the first time. You've got to be patient. Mm-hmm. But you yep. have to be there, and it will come. Yeah, it's uh, kind of what I call um, living to be playful again, because we are so busy and so structured in this world. Um, and even when we relax, it's structured. It's like, okay, I'm going to take a break from here to here to here. You know? Yes. And, and I'm just, I mean, it's kind of asinine the way we, the way most people live these days. And to me, one of the biggest gifts my mom gave me was getting me to slow down and back in the day put down my pager when it was separate in my phone and and Mm -hmm. just you know be quiet quiet was okay and and taught me the the peace within that you know and then looking for joy in in very different ways and when you when you slow down and start looking at people um pretty much anybody i think and and disagree with me because you've seen much more of this than i have but when i see anybody being creative there's just a glint in their eye i mean there's a connection somewhere else that's different and you can see you can see their their whole body is engaged um, absolutely at whatever level they are able to be at and you know that's a gift to be able to to recognize that and see that and you know to me it always gave me great hope and um and kind of stopped out that that fear press stamp that mm-hmm. goes with the stigma of dementia that they're not able they're not right. able they're not able they're not able yes they are able you know and it's up to us to look and to empower and to you know, make modifications so that they can be able on whatever level fits their needs, just like we do with anybody else um, going through a different stage. You know, maybe it's a mm-hmm. maybe it's a stroke, maybe it's a small child, maybe it's someone in an accident, and it's you know a rehab and just a you know a, a process. But it's it's all a process of it's all process, and yet very very the, true. 
but yet with dementia, that hasn't been embedded in mm-hmm. most people, that it's a process. And, right. and everyone can partake in that process. You know, you don't have to be a nurse or a doctor to do a lot of different things that's called living life and right. experimenting. And um, also, you know, I think one of the, the one of the traps we fall into is saying, well, her husband can't do that, so my husband can't do that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and, and we compare, and everybody is so different. And right. that is, that's a beautiful thing to be able to see. Or I'm sure you've heard, too, well, they've never done art. They've never liked art. They can't do art. Yes. Why, why, why would you think with dementia they could do art? Are you are you a crazy person I'm talking right. to? Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, they might not come out and say those words, but you can see it in their eyes, like, you know, get out of here. You know, you're crazy. Exactly, you're exactly. And I think that comes also from um, the person themselves uh, doubting that they might be able to do art. I know there are people that are listening right now who are saying, well, this sounds all well and good, but I, I'm not an artist. I can't, how can I follow your guidelines? You're the artist. I mean, I, I can't do this, so if I can't do this, how can they do it? But that's the mindset that I hope can change to say that, yes, I can. And I think you and I mentioned this at one time together in one of our conversations. I think it stems from, and I know that it stems from when we're young, that Mm -hmm. someone will tell us, um, whether it's a teacher, a peer, a sibling, a friend, a so-called friend, someone will say to us, oh, you can't draw. Oh, you know, no, don't sing that loud with the kids, Mm -hmm. with the other kids. Because, I mean, I have heard these stories. And once that's told told to us that we can't own art in our Mm -hmm. own way, which is so wrong because we all have that creative spirit in us, um, once that's told us, we lock down on that. And Mm -hmm. if you can open that up to the possibility as a care partner, even as anyone in life, then the possibility will not only be bloom in your in from your in, interior garden, so to speak, but from that of the person that your loved one that you would like to engage with more. It's mm-hmm. just let let's see what happens. That's why I always say, let's see what happens, and good oh, things yeah. happen. Well, I, I I've told this story on the on the show before when we talked about music, but you know my dad. I'll never forget my dad saying in the car when I was singing along. You know, he said to my mom, "Can you make her stop?" <laughs> just because because <laughs> my voice was not was not good. And um, you know, and I had a, I had a girlfriend in the choir going, "Can you just knock it?" I can't remember if it was knock it down or knock it up an octave. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I I, I, I don't know how to do that. And uh, it was just kind of funny. But but I also remember a friend of mine, and we were on a road trip, and I was. Um, singing and he just turned to me and he says I love the way you sing oh I love that <laughs> and I said oh, but, I because... but I said I have a horrible voice I know that. oh so he was putting himself down while he was telling you how how great your no, voice no, was no I was I know I was saying that to him I know I have a oh horrible you were voice. saying you don't you I don't see. have to say that but excuse <laughs> me right now what he said after that I'm getting oh. curious to this and he said, oh, I know. he said, but your passion makes it so beautiful. Oh, and look at that validation and that love and joy. And you took that in and now 
you you let it work I, for you. I, oh, I love no, that I story. Still, I, still, I still have a horrible voice, but he made me feel safe to be able to see in front of Safe. Safe. That's that's yeah. You know, it is true and I know people are thinking this too. Yes, there are people in our in in the world who have a God given or whatever kind of spirit from a higher power given that they are extremely talented in their voices, in their in their dance, in their playing basketball. Yes, this is genetic, etc. That's true. But that doesn't mean that anybody can't still express themselves in their very own way the best that they can through the arts. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's there. It's so there. I, I had a, a student once, and I always said, like, I, I'm, everyone's, I know I'm going to get everyone to do this one way or the other. We're going to get them to, to release this. And he was a little boy, and he said to me in a classroom, I don't want to, it was a writing course, a writing workshop. I came in mm-hmm. as a teaching artist. I don't, I don't, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do this. And I'm like, well, okay, what can I say? So I said, all right, well, you know what? Why don't you write that down? Why don't you write down, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. Write about how you're feeling about what I'm asking you to do. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay. And there he was writing like two full pages. So when mm-hmm. it was over, I said, you just did it because that's what you needed to express. And he just yep. looked at me. I thought, yeah, okay. <laughs> I got through to him. So, well, yeah, yeah. because it, in his mind, it had to be a certain a certain thing, and he right. didn't feel like he would would be validated speaking his truth. And yet, exactly. that's what we all want to hear. You know, we exactly. all talk about how you know how much relationships mean when they're authentic, and how much we don't like it when people aren't authentic. And yet, with somebody with dementia, we're trying to make them be inauthentic by fitting our mold. Mm-hmm. Very, and, very, very true. And we we all know what that's like to be put in a mold that doesn't fit us. We know how frustrating exactly. that, that is. And a person with dementia can still process all of that, you know. Yes. So um, important, important stuff. Um, is there any, um, getting back to your play, is there a, a quote or two that you could share with us? Um, ah, a quote from the play. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think now off the top of my head. Oh, my goodness. Um, a quote from the play. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little paraphrase from it. It's a scene where the arts facilitator, who's based on my experience, uh, says that we do ballroom dancing here. Um it's their, you know, it's, they may not be able to, no, I, I'm going to mess it up, but let me give you the end quote. We do ballroom mm-hmm. dancing here, and she talks about the different music, honky-tonk and, and swing, and, and then in the end she says, they, they have the music in their bones. They mm-hmm. dance, they smile, because they have the music in their bones. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have our sense memory, you know, our muscle memory. So bring it out, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that would come out. Um, well, and that's hmm. such a powerful thing. While you're thinking of that, I'll just throw in the, um, you know, the the film Alive Inside, where the music comes out. Oh, yeah. And, 
and people who are in end stages and their head down and sometimes drooling and really not communicating with anyone and they just come alive thus you know the whole title alive inside it is it's in their bones it's in their soul and it just reawakens exactly um, and it does that with all of us if we if our ego is out of the way to let that out of the cage <laughs> you know? right the cage i like that cage i like that aspect <laughs> of the cage there um you know i'm i'm what i'd like to do is uh just because my memory doesn't i can't memorize all my monologues in in the show but um i'm just i'm just going to look and see if there's one that i can share with you if you don't mind oh, um no. in so let's see. And there's there's not just monologues. There's interaction between some. There's a dance that happens between a husband and wife. I think that I have covered, oh, all I think, and if someone can prove me wrong, I'm happy to, to add to it. I think I've covered all of the every kind of situation that you could have, that a person can have, a family member could have, um, in in a scenario and there's like so many different monologues in in within this um let's see i'm trying to find something let's see all right thank you for allowing me to do this i wasn't expecting to do it but i don't mind doing it i i love doing it okay um okay how about this one if i may sure uh, the arts facilitator says, and this is towards the end of the play, she says, on this planet, life is short and living is long. That if we, can br- make, if we can breathe, we can make someone smile. That there are worse smells than urine. One of them is death. In this place, I've learned that every, even a man in a diaper likes to dance and that a woman will tell you how to brush her hair, even if she doesn't know her own name. Here, the rules of love greed and gender that reveal how we reveal how we got here today here i discover how those outside of these walls are afraid of death and time and loving convinced that with enough certain material things we can live forever here there is no rushing around no missing the bus no drunk drivers here the bankers eat lunch with the janitors the daughters of the revolution dine with the maids On this planet, no one has time to snub others. Everyone's too busy keeping each other on their feet. On this planet, the birthday cakes are always bittersweet. The tea is flowing and no one ever says, don't cry. Life on this planet is full of expert storytellers, a dying breed of technical advisors for the past who live in this parallel universe, a looking glass layered in silver, Watching you, watching me. Wow, that was beautiful and powerful, and in uh, so much more. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> so you. descriptive and so lovely. And you know, gosh, wouldn't it be nice to live in a world like that compared to the one we're living in right now? Let alone, um, you know, the dementia world. But I mean, it's just Indeed. applicable. To, to everything that we're going through these days. And I and I, I think, too, and, and Mary, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the world that we live in today 
makes the journey of dementia in some ways for many harder because mm-hmm. their their burdens in overall life are just so yes. overwhelming and it's one more thing that they that they I, t- think I agree. that they, they that they think that they can't control and yet your play and your book open the door for ways for them to actually have powerful input to change stigma and allow someone a dignified and joyful life. And for that, I I really thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak with you. Planet A is really my journey um, and what I've learned through through the voices of those that I I have portrayed uh, by actors. So um, I think in the end it is uplifting and it is, again, reflecting the dignity of those um, living with Alzheimer's and dementia and the dignity we all would like to have and the validation. Exactly, exactly. Again, person with dementia is no different than you or I. We all are looking for the same same types of thing. Now, Mary, you are also an ALLS author. You just recently became yes. a member of that group, and so I want to congratulate you on that. And for our listeners who, who aren't aware, this is a group that was started by a couple of uh, women um, that just thought, hey, why don't we support one another in our writings about this journey? They now have over 300 authors. They have a podcast called Untangling Alzheimer's and Dementia. Um, they have a, they do traveling libraries. That so many, so many different things they offer. It is absolutely wonderful. All different genres as well, and their books and things are all vetted, so you can feel safe in terms of reading them. And the majority, if not all, I think, are written by people who have experienced the journey themselves in one format yes. or another. Um, which I have I think, to say, I. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, which in in and of itself it comes from a real powerful place when you've got somebody in the trenches who's who's writing and speaking and telling their story. Um, so go ahead. Indeed. I, I'm just, I get so excited when I talk about Al's authors because I'm so happy to be a part of this group. These people are so selfless. They are so uh, motivation, motivating inspirational to new writers to people it's like again this is another family uh, you know writing is an isolated uh, job and to be part of this group and to listen to their web their webcasts and to read about what they're doing and they're so supportive of each other i am just in awe of this group and that they started way back when when actually my friend Trin Smith who introduced me to you and to them she had she was one of the first books in in this group and now like you say 300 plus i just smile when i hear them that their name because they've given so much to this alzheimer's space and such education and like you say a safe place by books that are vetted in so many different topics, such a variety of, of angles in looking at this. I love mm-hmm. them, like, as I love you. <laughs> I mean, for what you do out here, you're the, you're the everything, for, I mean, everything Alzheimer's. And I just have to say, you know, again, I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to know you and to be part of that group. I never knew this world was going to expand even further into where I am now. I never thought about 
okay, I'm, I'm doing my work, but I never thought, okay, how can I tell everybody about this? I was just so busy creating my techniques, et cetera, and sometimes, you know, being, again, like lauded and other times being like, oh, get out the door, you know, we're not interested. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I never expected my, my life to be expanded to such wonderful people and to be able to reach so many people, and it's all because of this work. So mm-hmm. here I am, and um, again, like I said, I am – I'm happy to be here and, and don't regret a moment of it. Um, and that's thanks to you and to all the people who support and are open to hear different ways of being with those that we love. So oh, thank yeah. you. Well, it takes all of us. And again, um, in wrapping up, I, I just want to reiterate, you know, you can um, – you can celebrate and see the the uh, the play uh, Planet A, and that runs from June 21st, which is the longest day, um, which, which the Alzheimer's Association is kind of named, through uh, June 30th. If you want to be able to to um, rewatch that, um, and it looks like donations are $25 or more. Um, yes made through your donation page and they can they can get access to all of this stuff through your website um, yes. which we have posted um, and then you can also email Mary um, planet a theater at gmail.com if you want to um, converse with her specifically and uh, this is also listed I believe on the Alzheimer's Association page as well and you can always purchase her book on amazon so lots of different ways um to get this but all the information again we have listed on the radio show page we've got it on the blog um but again you can go directly to mary's site and that is mary m-a-r-y and her last name is c-r-e-s-c-e-n-z is in zebra o dot com so, Mary, thank you again for your time and your diligence and, you know, just sharing um, all you do. It, it's quite amazing um, to, you know, watch you work and um, see you just continue to expand to make the world a better place. Really appreciate well, it very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. And also, if somebody wants to contact me, ask me any question about the book or anything, there's a contact page on the website as well, and I'm here to answer your question. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. Well, great. And I just want to let our audience know, also on Thursday, we're going to be having an open mic. So if you have a story to share, if you are a person living with dementia, family member, a friend, a researcher, an advocate, um, an author, um, anything, you know, dementia and caregiving is welcome on the show. We just ask that we have a respectful conversation and open people's minds and hearts into what is possible and, and what are the needs out there. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun time. And I, I would also encourage you to um, subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio and, and also share this because there are people in your circle that you don't even know that are dealing with dementia because it's a tough conversation for people to have. There's an embarrassment that can be attached to it and and stigmas. Uh, Some people, you know, you might have really good friends at work that are dealing with this, but they don't want their employer to know. Um, There's lots of different reasons, 
But the more information we can get out there, the more resources that they can have. Um, and I love the idea of this play because I think plays and films and, and uh, things and books are just a whole other way for people to be able to go into a, a safe place and look at things from a little different angle. I, I think that multimedia is very, very helpful for people. So yes. please uh, please like, click, and share, and again, go to Mary's site. On our way out, we are going to hear from the All's authors, and I encourage you to check them out as well. Thank you. Hello, podcast listener. If you're caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia, you'll want to check out All's Authors, the global community of authors writing about Alzheimer's and dementia from personal experience. We have the most comprehensive collection of hundreds of carefully vetted books and blogs covering all types of dementia and caring situations. Our authors' personal stories and painfully learned lessons can help you on your own journey. We also offer a fabulous podcast called Untangling Alzheimer's and Dementia, which you can find on any of your podcast platforms. Remember, you are not alone. One can sing a lonely song, but we chose to form a choir and create harmony. Find us at allsauthors.com. Hello, podcast listener. If you're caring for a loved Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.